0: Hello, welcome to the CityWire funds fanatic podcast. My name is Gavin Lumsden. China has very much been in the news this year as the place where the COVID-19 pandemic began, but also for the increasing tensions the world's second largest economy is having with the other superpower, the US. With me to discuss all this and what it's like to actually invest in the country is Dale Nichols, manager of Fidelity China Special Situations, a £1.6 billion investment trust originally launched by Anthony Bolton in April 2010, but which Dale took on six years ago. Thanks for coming in, Dale. Thanks, Gavin. Now, like a typical journalist, I've dwelt on the negatives already, but the positives are <laughs> that there's been an incredible rebound in China's stock market since March. Um, the trust shares are up 39% year to date, which seems remarkable given the t- turmoil uh, we've seen in stock markets. How, how, how do we square that with the fact that the world has been plunged into a coronavirus recession?
1: Yeah, um, it is It is interesting. Um, I, I think... I think on you know, with regard to the U.S. relationship, as as I think I've talked about in the past, I mean, I think the friction, I mean, it has been there. I think it's it's going to be really with us for decades, really, as uh, as, as as China emerges. Um, as you know, you know, for me in the trust, I focus very much, you know, on the on the domestic opportunity um, in China, um, and you know, a lot of the companies that we're looking at, you know, are simply, you know, not going to be impacted by 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 these tensions Um, now, you know, in sort of interpreting, you know, what's what's driven, driven the market up, you know, I think you could, you know, perhaps, you know, assume, assume that um, that, you know, the market is sort of coming to the same realization that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you know the, the the consumption story in china is is very strong um you know sort of driven by the natural development of the middle class and perhaps the markets you know realizing that you know a lot of the companies are said to benefit from uh, from from those trends i think it's also fair to say that you know on a relative basis um You know, obviously the country has done a pretty good job of of containing the virus and, you know, is clearly on the path to recovery, which probably contrasts pretty well with uh, with a lot of countries that are out there. So I think on a relative basis, um, you know, the fact that that, you know, many, many of the businesses are in sort of recovery mode um, is probably is probably a a driver as well. And. That's very interesting. Thank you. But can you give us, I think we're we're, we're speaking a day
0: before um, second quarter uh, GDP economic uh, data is due to come out from China. Um, The first quarter data was, uh, I think, positively received. What's your, how have you seen the overall economy responding to the coronavirus? And and then, you know, the kind of new economy uh, that
1: you're uh, seeking to tap into? Yeah, yeah. You know obviously we're we're sort of out there talking to to companies on a daily basis. Um, it really does vary by industry in terms of in terms of the pace of 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 recovery. Um, you know, a, as you've mentioned, there are lots of of companies and industries in in China that have 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 seen a boost from you know from from, from the virus, you know people spending more time at home. Um, you know that shift online. Um, you know, across a range of sectors, not just shopping, but, you know, whether it's education, gaming, et cetera, um, you know, has, has you know, was already was already, you know, that was already growing pretty strongly, but that growth has accelerated. So those, you know, I think, I think when we look at numbers from a lot of companies in that space, um, you know, there's, there's you know, actually been fairly, fairly strong trends. Now, outside of that, um, in manufacturing, in the manufacturing-related areas, I think the recovery was pretty fast. Uh, when we were talking to companies late March, early April, the sense was on the manufacturing side that a lot of companies were already pretty much back to full capacity. Um, on the services side, it's been it's definitely been slower, and not surprisingly, um, so you know any, anything travel related um, has been has been hit pretty hard, as you can imagine. Um, you know, particularly on an international sense, because it's really you know it's there's there's really no activity there. Um, when it comes to you know things like restaurants, hotels, that sort of thing, most of the companies um, that that I'm talking to are, are still down. So a lot of the restaurants, you'll find the numbers probably down between you know ten to thirty percent. Um, you know some of the more hot formats. I, I'm hearing some numbers that are that are that have sort of moved into positive territory, but still generally down. And in hotels, you know. Um, Again, recovering, but still depending on the category, particularly the luxury end, is still is still relatively relatively weak in terms of in terms of occupancy. But again, the general trend is is one of recovery um, in sort of broader retail. Again, it varies by by sector. I think you know probably one relatively bright spot has been in autos. Um, although I think we saw the June numbers that were down. I think the general trend is is recovery. I think they were up relative to May, uh, and within that. You know, we we continue to see that shift towards more premium type products. The premium part of the market, which you know had already outperformed the broader market, um, has has recovered faster uh, as so well. How- so, so talk- I was just going to finish off by saying some of the dealers that we're talking to are yeah, are, are, are back in positive territory. Oh, that that's fantastic. So, how did you respond
0: when the obviously the crisis struck China uh, earlier than it did uh, in the UK and in the West? But so uh, when the the stock market was falling, how did you respond? Were you you know selling out of those areas that were uh, badly exposed, like travel and hotels, and and then and, and shifting more money into uh, the consumer stocks, the
1: digital stocks? Um, yeah, I mean the, the 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 first thing that you're you're doing is obviously trying to evaluate the impact on on businesses. So um, you know as we sort of Heading into 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 shutdown, you're thinking about companies' ability to sort of withstand a period of 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 no revenues for some of the companies. So, um, you know, that sort of basic analysis of balance sheets and making sure you know <laughs> the companies can survive, you know, the the, the you know the sort of uh, the, the the downturn and sort of loss of revenues. I think was was you know was was the first thing, um, and then again, as you have said, that sort of analysis of 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 you know how companies are you know how earnings are going to be impacted, but I think you know more importantly it was really thinking about how things are going to change change longer term. Um, as you know, markets react pretty quickly, so you know those those sort of travel related areas, obviously you know in areas like you know the casinos, etc. You could see we're going to get hit pretty hard. Um, I you know I, I did some initial selling, but I think for a lot of the companies. Um, you saw that get pretty get priced in pretty quickly um, into into stocks. So then you sort of move to a, a phase of really just thinking about you know long term value of companies. Uh, you know what's priced in, what's not. Um, so so you know one was sort of reducing some of those names. Um, I reduced some companies that um, you know where I was. Obviously, thinking about the potential for, for, for a rising bad debt, that sort of thing, the companies that could be impacted by that. Not that I own any banks, but there are some financials, um, and also, um, you know, I actually actually put some, um, well, added to some some put options, some index put options, um, just just to sort of you know potentially pad the downside if we did see you know if we did see a deep a deep correction. Um, oh, I see. sorry,
0: uh, just to explain. Uh, Dale, could you just explain that a bit more? So that's a defensive thing. You're buying put options on the on the Chinese stock market index so that if it falls below a
1: certain level, you still make a yeah, gain. That- that's right. To, to, it's, you know, so on some of the indices in in Hong Kong, um, just buying some put options, um, you know, that, you know, that that I felt was sort of reasonably priced um, that you know can add some protection. If we if we did see a you know a significant correction, this is in the early days, really the early days when 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 we just sort of the cases were coming out um, in China.
0: And have you uh, added any more of those uh, put options recently? You know, given the the strong run there's been, uh, are there any concerns that it's you're know, getting a little overheated, or is it just part a natural rebound from what was uh,
1: a, a big fall? I have actually, um, you know, just given the move up, so you know those those earlier those earlier positions, um, you know, if, you know, sort of a number of those were in the money, so closed those, um, and you know, I think, you know, that's, that's what sort of brought down the gearing of the portfolio. But you know, given the the sort of correction that we saw in markets, there was a lot of value presented, um, so that was an opportunity to, you know, to increase some of the some of the the longs in the portfolio. Um, and, and you know, sort of that's what's driven gearing up over time, along with the addition of an of sort of one more unlisted position in the in the portfolio. But you're right; we've seen a pretty strong recovery. Um, you know, I think risk reward. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm still finding a lot of value out there in the, in the market. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's you know it's probably not as much as there was, you know, a few months back. So um, I've actually added. I have added a little bit more protection as markets have uh, have have moved up, and that's you know again that comes through in in sort of overall gearing the portfolio, which is which is which has moved down of, of late.
0: Okay, and I'm just wondering, how did you actually visit companies, keep in touch with companies that you
1: invest in or or, or thinking about investing in you know, during the lockdown? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question, as you know, meeting companies is a real core part of of, of you know, the, you know the process, my process, and and you know, for Fidelity as a, as a firm, um, just really staying in touch with with companies, and it's a core part of of you know the way we sort of analyze industries in general. Um, so so you know that's it's it, it, it's been a challenge, but I, I've got to say I think you know overall it's been a relatively positive experience. Um, you know I, I don't think it's the same as as, as sitting across from someone um but you know i think we've been positively surprised with you know how the process has has, has played out i i would say as well i you know the, i i'm i'm encouraged by the way the companies have responded as well um, we do find that you know the the you know the companies have been pretty amenable to 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 uh, you know to do more meetings online um and you know that that downside of not being able to sort of sit across from from companies um you know the, the offset to that the offset to that is you know you can you can clearly do more um, you know china's a big country so getting out to you know different parts of the country um, you know to you know to, to, to meet with companies um, you know it, it can be challenging at times so i think all of us are, are definitely working harder uh, in actual in actual meetings and getting and getting more done. So um, overall, I think you know the the process is, has has been has has been has been okay in terms of you know our basic investment and um, process. Yeah. Now you you and the team are based in Hong Kong. Is that is that right? That's right. That's right. But um, well, you know the analysts. We there's a core group here in Hong Kong, um, and then there's uh, a team in Shanghai as well. Um, and then I think we have some some analysts and some other officers who have some China exposure as well. But the core group really would be in Hong Kong um, and in Shanghai.
0: Okay. What's it like being uh, living and working in Hong Kong throughout you know social unrest? There's been in the past uh, year or so with student protests, the democracy protests and then most recently protests over the uh, security law that China passed. Um, is it yeah, uh, um, is
1: it a, a frightening place to be at the moment or how no, does it feel I, it, it doesn't feel as bad as you as you might sort of get the feeling from some of the images you see you see on TV um but you know it's it, it so so i you know i think i think for most of us working here um you know it's it's it, it's it's been fine um but you know it's it's definitely more unrest than we we we're, we're used to um so you know, that's it's you know I think I think a lot of the businesses are, are, are pretty unsettled by things uh, and keen to you know get back to sort of more more normal business. Um, but you know, as a as a as a place to work and operate, um, I've got to say it's uh, it's 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 been fine. Um, you know, um, you know. It's, I mentioned the
0: the, the tensions with the US, but um, what about with between China and the UK? the UK is to telling telecoms companies here to strip out Huawei uh, technology from next year, and you know that's annoyed China a lot. Um, have you got any concern that that might affect you know your ability to to operate and, and see companies? Uh, you know given you a, a London you're running a London listed uh, investment trust uh, investment company.
1: No, yeah, I, I I don't think so. Um, you know, it's when again, when we're sort of engaging with companies, they're you know very much focused on getting back to business, getting on with business. Um, you know, it's that's that's more of the focus that that comes through. And as we've discussed, I, I'm very much focused on the domestic opportunity um, in China. Um, so, you know, I can't think of a case where it's really, really sort of you know come into come into the conversation, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, is is it the case on a kind of fundamental level that, yeah, you're focused on this domestic uh, opportunity, the kind of internal China, the growth of the middle class? And that that's the big investment story. And, and investors who invest in the trust are sort of, you know, backing you to do to do that well. And that if you invest in a trust or a fund like uh, Fidelity China, you know, you have to accept that there's going to be you know a lot of noise and, and volatility at the kind of, you know, Macro, uh, economic, and sort of political superpower level, but that, that's something that you sh- you, you shouldn't uh, worry
1: about too much. Is that basically the position? I think I think you're right. It's you know, it's, you know, when you're investing in China, you've you've you know, you're dealing with headlines really on a on a daily basis. Um, but as an investor. Um, You know, I find I found that over time and over the years investing in China, that can really create opportunities because there's so much real structural change that's that's happening on the ground, you know, um, in China. Um, And so, you know, there's obviously the sort of basic economic backdrop, although growth is slowing, is still relatively positive. Whatever the final number for growth is in China, as we shift towards a more consumption driven economy, I think you can rely on the fact that consumption is going to be growing faster. Um, and we're focused on the companies that are going to take share in that environment. So you know, it's actually it's actually sort of a pretty good backdrop for growth and finding companies. And what's a sort of, you know, there's a lot of innovative companies out there. And yet, because of these headlines, you have found that, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of fear out there uh, that has sort of, in many times, driven valuations to relatively, you know, attractive levels. Um, and if you believe that, you know, really stock prices follow earnings and, you know, the operating performance of companies over time, that can create, you know, pretty good opportunities actually in the market. I mentioned
0: that you've been running the, the Trust Fidelity China Special Situations uh, for six years, but uh, you've been working uh, and investing in the country and, and the region for, for longer than that. What, uh, how long have you been
1: uh, a fund manager in in, uh, in the region? Um yeah. So, you know, first as an analyst, but as a fund manager, it would have been since 2003. Right. OK. And um, so that's a good long stretch. What, uh, what, what
0: changes have you noticed in, in, in China over that time? Yeah, well,
1: obviously, you know, a huge period of, 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 of growth um, over time. And I think, you know, I, I could talk to a number of things, but, you know, I think the emergence of, of new China. Um, you know, so these growing, you know, I talked about areas that I talked earlier about the sort of different growth rates in different parts and sort of structural change that you're, that you're seeing. Um, you know, I think, you know, the new China, which, in which I'd put, you know, a lot of the consumption categories, obviously the whole tech space and areas like healthcare that continues to just, you know, occupy a bigger part of, you know, the broader economy in general, um, and, and clearly in, in, in markets as well. So, you know, in the early days, you'd be looking at you know a, a stock market made up mostly of, of big SOEs, concentrated in areas like energy, banking, telecom. Um, you know, just look at what's happened really in the last ten years with the emergence of the Alibaba's and the Tencent's, etc. Which, you know, obviously strong in the tech space, but occupying just bigger parts, broader parts of, uh, of, of of the economy as well. And these are big, you know, innovative companies that are growing strongly. Hiring strongly, um, you know those types of categories. Uh, you know those 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 areas that just continue to 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 increase, um, and and grow strongly. And and you know I think in areas like you know in technology, you know, I mean the, sh- the shift to things like e-commerce is obviously something we're seeing happening globally. But you know e-commerce penetration in China is already well above the West and still growing faster. So you know those shifts, I think. You know, it just it just happening, happening, happening faster. The payment systems, um, you know, etc. Really, no one is using cash these days. Everything is, you know, Alipay, Tenpay, um, or WeChat Pay. Um, and you know, so so I think you know that, that they're the things that that I think you know really, really, really stand out. Um, I think also you're seeing a more sophisticated consumer. Um, I talked about earlier about. Um, you know, the way you you're seeing the, the the strength of the premium brands within the within the overall auto space. I mean, you know the overall auto market still has a lot of growth potential when you think think about it from a penetration perspective, but within that, you know, that shift to um, you know the premium brands, you know is I think you know interesting trend. and we see that across a range of categories. Um, you're seeing you know that sort of up market shift. Premiumization, um and the emergence of stronger domestic brands, um, you know, in, in in the market as well. That's something that I, I think I'd highlight as well. Okay, you mentioned uh, Tencent and Alibaba,
0: and they're two of the biggest holdings uh, in the portfolio. Uh, you know, it is striking how. I just wonder. to would be interested in your thoughts on, you know, the the, the difference uh, in development in of e-commerce. You know, why it's t- taken off uh, in China uh, in, in to such an extent, and and to a greater extent than uh, in the West. Um,
1: what, why do you think that was? I think in e-commerce, um, you know, I think you, you, you just in many parts. Um, particularly in areas like third and fourth tier cities um, you just haven't had the same retail build out that we had in the west um, you know however many years ago so it's I think in that in that sense it's just easier for for consumers to 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 make that transition Um, you know you didn't have that sort of again that sort of legacy brick and mortar infrastructure um, you know that 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 other countries have gone through. So I think it, you know, in, in, in those types of areas, it's easier to to make that transition. But also, you know, I, you can't really take anything away from from really innovative com- companies that are operating in a in a sort of hyper competitive environment. You know, targeting these consumers and their levels of innovation uh, to 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 drive that shift as well. Um, and you know, these trends just now just have a lot of momentum. We've been focusing on your investments
0: in in, in the stock market in quoted companies, but uh, 6% of the trust is invested in unquoted companies, unlisted companies that are yet to to join the stock markets. That's a big trend here in the UK, as you you know. And uh, is it something you're planning to do more of? Are you seeing as many opportunities in the unquoted
1: space as you are on on stock markets or what's the proportion? Yeah, I think I think this you know this this focus you know or this ability that we have in the trust to invest in unlisted companies is something that's really positive. There's a huge amount of entrepreneurial activity um, you know in in China at the pre-IPO stage, you know, the private the private company stage. I also think, you know, it's fair to say, sort of globally, companies are coming to market later. Um, so having the ability to invest in those companies is something that's that's really positive, and obviously, you know. We've we've been able to benefit from that owning companies like Alibaba, Meituan, etc. Before their listing, um, that's you know, it's clearly sort of helped helped you know in terms of performance. Um, but yeah, there's there's there, there continues to be more opportunity absolutely, um, you know in the tech space, but also in areas like healthcare. Um, you know, there's there's you know I think there's there's again a lot of you know entrepreneurial activity in that area. Um, significant investment in R and D that you know has good potential to reap rewards going forward. So, yeah, you know, we continue to look at opportunities in that area, um, and you know, I think I think there's good potential for us to to increase those holdings over time. Because one of the holdings is
0: uh, Byte Dance, which is the operator of the very popular, globally popular uh, TikTok uh, platform, uh, social media platform. Uh, is that the most valuable by the long way of the?
1: Um half a dozen or so uh, unlisted investments? I would think so. I would think so. Of those holdings, that would be the one that, that you know, at least from a market cap perspective has, you know, has the potential to, to, to definitely be the biggest. They're, you know, doing, a, a, you know, a, an, an amazing job of growing the business globally, but, you know, in, in China in particular. Um, so, you know, they've got the Doin brand in China, TikTok overseas. Um, you know, that has just, you know, continued to, to, to march along and, They've shown the ability to monetize it. They're getting significant advertising revenues, um, you know, a significant portion of the sort of online advertising revenues um, in China. Less so overseas in terms of monetization, but, you know, the potential is, uh, is definitely there as, as well in the long term. What about your other sort of well-known uh, unquoted
0: investment, to Didi, the uh, ride-hailing app? That's not no. a, 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 that's not an area that's well known from, for uh, for making profits. How, how are they um, how are
1: they monetizing things at the moment? Well, Didi is actually is actually you know quite profitable in in their core business in um, in in China. Uh, as you know, they're unlike many other markets for for ride hailing. They're the clear market leader with over ninety percent market share. Um, so you know, very much a, a stranglehold on on the market in China. So um, you know, they're they're clearly benefiting from that market dominance, um, and so actually quite profitable in their core ride hailing business. I think, like you know, their ride hailing peers globally, um, you know, earlier in the year they've seen you know pretty significant drop off in traffic. Um, you know, as as sort of you know they've come through the virus uh, and dealing with the virus, obviously less less rides you know delivered, but um, you know the senses we get the businesses coming out coming back pretty strongly for them.
0: Okay, that's uh, that uh, that makes sense. And just uh, a completely different kind of holding, but um, just we've got uh, uh, wealth managers in, in the in the audience and uh, and investors who uh, might use wealth managers. I noticed that uh, one of the stocks you invest in is. Company called Noah Holdings. Uh, it's described as a wealth manager. Is that the kind of wealth manager that we would r- recognise in the UK? A sort of stockbroker uh, advisor of
1: investments, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think there's definitely there's definitely some overlap there. And I'll just sort of step back by saying, I mean, I think you know, financial services is is another area of huge potential growth in China. Uh, you know, sort of, it's it, I think it's relatively underdeveloped. To what we've seen, you know, the way we've seen markets develop in, uh, in in the West, so there's really good potential, um, you know, for them for them to grow. Um, and so Noah is one of the more bigger, as one of the larger um, independent players, um, has shown, you know, a really you know strong propensity to 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 build trust with their clients, to vet product. Um, you know, it's a combination of combination of, of 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 you know internal product you know uh, that they're developing themselves and and external, uh, but on both sides, um, you know, really good growth potential, and um, you know, I think I'm I'm quite positive on on the potential for this for this company to to, to grow to be you know much bigger over 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 the midterm.
0: Okay, interesting. Well, we'll have to keep keep an eye on it. Um, Dale, I'm getting towards the end of my questions, but i just sort of uh, sort of changing tack again, but looking at it as an overview. I mean, China is obviously an enormous country uh, and it gives you lots of scope in which to invest. But from a UK investor's point of view, um, you know, China is is very interesting. Um, but another country, another single country funds that uh, crop up on people's radar when they look at the region is, is Vietnam. Um, there's a few uh, investment companies specialising in that country but uh, there's a lot of talk about how you know Vietnam is uh, benefiting from you know as China develops and it become its consumer economy grows and wages go up that more companies more manufacturers are uh, moving their operations from China to, to Vietnam. Uh, do you have any regrets that you can't invest in Vietnam?
1: <laughs> is, um, it, is it
0: benefiting, not, not benefiting really,
1: yeah. it at China's expense? I- Actually, through my other funds, I, I do I do invest in in Vietnam, and it's a, it's an interesting market. Um, you know, there's a lot of the same a lot of the same drivers are there. It's it's you know it's it's earlier stage, um, and now liquidity is has improved, so it's becoming a more it's becoming more interesting market definitely. Um, but I, I do feel that you know that that sometimes some some. You know, when when I hear, I hear some some people talking about you know you know so much capacity shifting to, to, to Vietnam, um, you you sort of lose perspective of the scale in China. You um, know, you know the the, you know, the, the, the scale of, of the supply chain in China is is massive, um, and you know I think incrementally at the margin. Uh, you know, companies will, you know, will look to you know add capacity there, and 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 it happens with companies that I talk to. You know, some of the Chinese companies when they're th- making incremental capacity decisions, you know, Vietnam is 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 definitely an option, but you know, the sheer scale of the supply chain in China, um, you know, it, it's you, you just wouldn't have the capacity um, in in some of these other markets to see to see capacity move in any sort of wholesale, you know, wholesale fashion, um, you know, to 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 these markets. So. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting market, but you know, there's still, you know, uh, when you just think of the sheer scale of China, um, again, in terms of manufacturing capacity, but also, you know, just in terms of, you know, the consumer, the development of, of you know, of, of you know, some really, really, you know, significantly competitive companies that are going global. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's there's there's really still a huge opportunity.
0: Okay. Well, uh, back to China for my last question. Uh, the, the Trust uh, marked its uh, 10th anniversary early this year, and a, and a decade is a good long time to, to prove a, a concept. So it, I was looking at the performance figures on uh, on the Trust fact sheet, so the, uh, to the end of May, the 10 years to the end of May, the shares delivered a total turn uh, in sterling of uh, about 161%, which was some way ahead of the uh, MSCI China Index, which is the benchmark, which uh, basically got 99% of double people's money. So people looking at that might think, well, you know, you, you've done well. <laughs> the trust has done well. But uh, that's in the past. So what about future performance? I mean, you've proved the concept, but uh, could the next 10 years see similar uh, returns or has the best
1: been achieved already? Yeah, it's a Yeah, I I, I think you know. As I said earlier, I'm still finding you know significant opportunity in China at reasonable valuation. Um, You know, there there are parts of the market that you know uh, that are sort of not as attractive as they you know as they as they were um, you know in the past. But as I said, it's a it's a it's a very diverse market. Um, You know, I think inefficient in many ways. um, You know, very. You know, significant variance in sort of growth rates and opportunity in different parts of the market. So, if you're selective, um, you know, I think there's there's you know there's there's real opportunities. And and you know, I, again, I find you know there's parts of the market that I feel are are still neglected, undervalued. Um, and you know, as as long as these companies can execute over time, you know, the hope is that, that gets recognised by the market um, as it, as it has in the past.
0: Oh, well, it's, it sounds like there could be uh, a lot more to come, but uh, you, you obviously have to think as an investor, you have to be prepared to invest for the long term and um, be prepared for some uh, lots of downs as, as well as ups. Um, Dale, thanks very much uh, for spending the time with me. Uh, very interesting discussion and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, catching up with you uh, at a later date. In the meantime, thanks very much. Thanks, Gavin.